Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Is that the way? There's this new Nicki Minaj song and it's Rick James super freak and she's rapping over it. And this is the bottom of the compliment, but like, I, it's not out. It's just on TikTok. Oh, uh, how? I'm, I'm like, cool. So I'll just hear like 15 seconds of it at a time. But that song, you know how at the beginning he's like, hey, hey, hey. does that not sound like Krusty the Clown? Like, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> you can lick it. You can pick it. That's... I, Krusty should say that next season. Yeah, I'm sure Simpsons is super tapped in. Oh, maybe, you know what? They probably are. They probably predicted they're the release of that. Too tapped in now where they're like, everything is a reference. I'm like, what happens 10 years from now? There does come a time episode? where a show, and I feel I suffer from this, is something is so consistently good that you're almost like over it. Like South Park is always brilliant, but like, I can't tell you the last time I watched South Park, you know? Right, because you're, you. I mean, the only thing I think that, that breaks that, although I hadn't watched it in forever, is 30 Rock. And then I yeah. watched it and was like, why am I not watching this all the time? It's brilliant. But that's also like a comfort factor. Like sometimes mm. something is so good that they set a standard. Like Stranger Things was good, but I was like, I don't need another season of this. Like I think because of all the ga- quasi gamification of all of our content that makes everything so biteable. Like we don't have... If you go away for too long, I'm not going to watch another season. Yeah, that happened. A Handmaid's Tale I thought was so good. And then I was just like, I don't know if I can do this again. I can't do any more heavy stuff. Sometimes, like I can't, no more like, and then they took, they ripped off his skin and haunted the house. Like, I'm good. (laughs) I read enough Reddit threads. I'm good. (laughs) You don't know how to use Reddit. I don't, but I listen to them like audibly on TikTok. I'd be like, users of Reddit, you're a guy. What do you hate about women? And it's like, oh, this is a safe form. Um, I was re-listening to our episode from, our 200th episode from last week. And I always listen for quality assurance so I can always better my hosting skills. And there was the uh, AIA about the friend that got her 21st birthday pictures taken. And I forgot that it was an ask, uh, it was a Reddit segment. And I was just like, you're a fucking idiot. And then I text Emily and I was like, did I go too hard on that question? Ask her. And then it's like, oh wait, we don't know them. (laughs) I was like, is this girl never going to write in again? (laughs) 
Right. Is it better or worse that they didn't ask for your input? <laughs> like, <laughs> since they didn't ask, can you be mean? Or since they asked, can that you be mean? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't think anybody writes. If I wrote into a podcast and that person was like, you're a fucking psychopath, narcissist, I would feel so embarrassed that I'd be like, I guess I'm not a fan anymore. You hurt my feelings. I wrote into that podcast and Gwyneth Paltrow was like, it sounds like you have an alcohol problem. <laughs> that's insane though. That's just like not- Well, I phrased my question in such a way. I was talking about Coca-Cola, but she thought I was just talking about drinks that I drank. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you can't say drinks, but I also, you know, not everyone should be a podcast host in general. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling you this. Oh, I should say it right top of the cob, but there's so many podcasts, yeah. so many out there, so many independent podcasts, which are great. But then so many just celebrities being like, I can do a podcast and it has a fun premise and whatever. And then you go to their page and the last update was 2017 yeah. saying season three coming soon. It's like, oh no, you got like a movie and didn't want to do this anymore. Well, what I think it is, is like, it, look, this is a very low lift because we've structured it so that people write in and then I improvise and it's fun and it's funny, whatever. And you're, well, it's and you're, catered to your wheelhouse. Exactly. I think people have these ambitious ideas. Like we get together the best minds in celebrity gossip every week and analyze it. And it's like, it takes work. And unless you're willing to spend the money for a producer and you're good, like it, these things take work. Booking people takes so much it's, time. Trying to schedule something. Luckily, since it's just us, for that we could just be like, "Hey, are you free?" It's the reason we don't have guests. Uh, because too much work. I, I spend too much of my time waiting for someone else to say yes. So, let's kick it into high gear to cram as yep. many of your wedding questions in as possible. <laughs> many of your PhD quarter life problems. Let's do it, folks. We're here for you. <laughs> I'm really good friends with a married couple. Yeah. Let's call them Sasha and Jerry. Oh boy. They've Why? been there a lot for- <laughs> Why those <laughs> Let's call them Dwight and Dwart. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if people choose way off, like way different or like same first initial. Let's like, choose there's not a Sasha and Beffrey. <laughs> okay, fine. Sasha and Dwight. I'm- Jeffrey. Jerry. Jerry. Sasha and Jerry. Very important. They have been there a lot for me these past seven years of knowing them. I was engaged and got pregnant before finding out he was cheating on me with someone they all worked with. Oh God. Sasha would leave work to come check on me and made sure I ate. She was the first one I sent the positive pregnancy test to. She went to appointments with me until I met my new boyfriend. Wow. Jerry held my hand while I cried on Sasha's shoulder over the betrayal of my ex and the constant lies he spewed. He lied to me about him having cancer. What the fuck is wrong with people? Well, you could write a movie about it. They both threw a baby shower for me and called themselves my collective baby daddy while the sperm donor dropped all responsibility and acknowledgement of my existence. I asked Sasha to come feed my dogs while I gave birth, and she did that along with folding the laundry in the dryer and cleaning my house and bringing us food and flowers to welcome us home. Jerry helped me move houses while I was eight months pregnant and build furniture while Sasha unpacked some boxes for me. Just recently- What's going on here? What's going on with this couple? (laughs) What are they- They're fattening you up so they can eat you. (laughs) They separated because Sasha has been cheating for a long time (gasps) with someone from her old job, Jerry's current job, and Jerry found out. Sorry, it sounds like none of you should have jobs because no one can keep it in their pants at their job. (laughs) At work. Oh my God. Okay. All right. 
I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to respond. Sasha called to tell me, but I just can't feel supportive for Sasha. I texted Jerry to tell him I love and support him and hope the best for both. But in all honesty, he deserves better. And I feel like a shit friend to Sasha for feeling that since she wants to work things out with Jerry. I just really feel for Jerry and everything he's currently going through. I'm in a serious relationship where we are planning a future together and he has claimed my kid as his own. So this is purely platonic, but I don't know how to show my support right now. Oh my God, that's really tough. That is, that's interesting though, because I bet that's why Sasha was so solicitous and kind is because that guilt was eating away at her and this was something she could do to feel better. Oh, you think she's been doing it the whole time? Well, so it says she's been cheating for a long time with someone from her old job, which was the job where they worked with the cheating ex. So I bet she was like, look at how this is devastating this woman. I need to help her because I'm ruining someone else's life in the same way. Trying to think, what would I do? I don't have any friends where I like the husband and wife equally. So it'd be very, (laughs) very easy for me to pledge allegiance to one of them. Um... There has to be one of them that you were friends with first, although I don't know if it matters at this point. Sasha. Can I I be honest? I think what you should do, you're in a good place now. I think you can be friends with both. I really do. Especially considering Sasha, the woman, was the aggressor. You and your husband have Jerry over, you know, like just a friend. Like, and you just keep it super clear. Like, I am friends with both of you. Like, it's fucked up. Like, you guys like kind of take your cue from them. Like and, yeah. and until one of them, you know, because you do love them both equally. There's no pay. You don't have to pay anyone back. And he may not, maybe he has other friends. Like you needed them for something specific. And I'm sure he has other friends. Keep it super vague with both. Because I, they don't need you for something like you needed them for. Keep it vague. I don't, and I don't think Jerry... I feel like it's just not the same with men. I don't think he's going to ask you to not talk to Sasha. I'm sure he doesn't want to hear about Sasha from you or see her or, but I doubt he'd be like, you could never talk to her again. Uh, You might not want to talk to her because you, she's not the person that you thought she was. I don't know. That's tough when someone disappoints you in that way, but it's not against you, but you're still seeing a side of their character that you don't respect. Yeah, so I'm saying keep it vague. They're not going to ask you to choose. Um, she did the bad thing, so she's the one that broke it up, but he's not going to need you like you needed them. And really, she probably led that charge because it's kind of weird for you to be like, hi, I'm a woman. Can this dude in your couple like be my friend? So keep it vague and maybe they'll get back together, but just tread very lightly because what you don't want to do is go all in on hating her. And then he's like, oh, that's my wife. How could you have? So just you're there for both of them. But you also have to decide how you feel about it. Like Sasha, like that's fucked up. Yeah. You might have to end up picking. Just just keep it. Just be Switzerland for now. Totally neutral because you have a lot of money. Okay. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with 
someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. I'm busy and this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around and I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Hi there, AIA crew. Question for Eliza. Not a bridesmaid slash wedding question, but another mother question for you. And this does not have to be anonymous. This is Jen. She has a name. Jen. 30-year-old married woman with a newborn three-week-old. I'm an only child, and most of my parents' health and emotional issues have been my burden for years. My mom, 60 this year, is a smoker of 40 years. And after two major life-threatening surgeries to fix damage caused by smoking, quit last November. She was told specifically that continuing to smoke would effectively cause more surgeries and put her life at risk. This past August, they had a flood and she reverted to smoking to, quote, cope with the stress. And I found out by finding cigarette buds in her bathroom trash. A blow-up fight ensued and she ensured me she'd be honest if she fell off again. 
Fast forward to now, she just got into a car accident. She's okay, car is not, and has been coming by several days a week to help me with baby. Today, my husband found cigarette slash lighter in her car and told her she needed to tell me. Another argument ensued where she accused me and my husband of watching her have removed and treating her like a baby. We asked her if she was smoking as we made it clear we don't want that around our newborn. She flat out lied to our face about the cigarettes and when she last smoked. I know this is not something we can control. Just wondering your take on how I can deal with the being lied to part. Makes me question if I can trust her once the baby is old enough to be taken care of by her potentially outside of our house. P.S. I see the issue with my husband bringing this up to her. He had the best intentions as I've been having a rough time emotionally postpartum and he was trying to save me from finding out and having a breakdown. Now my mother is very mad at him and thinks we are going to snoop and question everything she does. Thanks, Jet. The issue is that First of all, she's not smoking around the baby. Like she had a cigarette maybe in her car before. You know, hopefully she's washing her hands, but like you can smoke and then be around something later and that doesn't affect them. The issue is she said she wasn't and she lied. The issue isn't that she's smoking as much as she wants you to help her, right? And you're trying to help her. So you have to sit down and just be like, we don't want to parent you. I don't want you to die and I don't want you to have surgeries. However, like, Being a smoker, you know, it's a chemical reaction and it is an addiction. And it's like the only addictive thing you're allowed to do when you're being treated for other things like alcoholism and drug addiction. They're always allowed to smoke cigarettes. You have to ask your mom point blank, be like, we're at this place where I want to trust you. And if you need to smoke, you just need to be honest about it because I can't parent you. However, I cannot ever have it around the baby. Like that's, that's really what you're concerned about. And I don't think she is doing that. And I, I, that's not what I get from this. Like if she smoked earlier and then she saw the baby, like, okay. Well, so this person calls out, like, what about when the baby can stay over at her house? You know, is she going to be that careful about only smoking outside, about only, you know. Ask her. She might be, but I get, I get being frustrated that, you know, you're, you have to take care of her and she's just destroying her body. But at this point, also, after she may not, 40 years of smoking, she might be destroyed. Also, baby may not be staying at Nana's because Nana may not be around. I hate to say that. So, oh God, I'm serious, but that you don't have yeah. to worry about that now. What you have to worry about now is getting on the same footing where mom can say, I had a cigarette today and she doesn't feel parented because like you want to care, but you also can't force it. Like you can't help someone that doesn't want to be helped. And if she's feeling attacked, that means she doesn't want the help. So at least we can all be honest about it. It may not be tenable for her to be like, I don't smoke anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you can smoke. I just can't have it around my baby. And she'll be like, I never did it around the baby and be like, great. Keep it that way. Yeah. But you have to have a conversation. Yeah. It's, she doesn't want to be embarrassed. So you have to figure out another way to deal with it. Well, it is embarrassing. <laughs> embarrassing. Smoking is so fucking selfish and disgusting. I hate smokers. It's so crazy. I hate when people smoke outside of bars and clubs and just like, I need this cigarette now. It's like, okay, so we should all just die? Cool. Have fun with your well, six especially second buzz. People smoke like once a month or once a week. It's like, you're not even addicted. You're just doing this for fun. Cut it out. No, that doesn't bother me. I just hate the smell. Never had a cigarette <laughs> in my life. I judge it. I judge it. But then again, I'm addicted to TikTok. So at least I'm only hurting me. <laughs> and spreading truth. Secondhand TikTok is if your child has to hear that 15 seconds of that song as you scroll. <laughs> Secondhand TikTok is me singing bursts of songs to Noah and him not knowing the origin of these sounds and me just being like, do, 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 body till I die with my hand. 
And then him being like, <laughs> And he okay. thinks you've just made them up, yep. probably. He does. I said to him yesterday, I go, just know 99% of what I say to you is a rap song. It's a rap lyric. A rap song? Kill me. A rap song. <laughs> hey, Eliza. I'm a 25-year-old male who came to love your comedy through my now fiance introducing me to it. Yes. We came to see you in Hanover, Maryland, and I've become quite a fan. However... Since I've been listening to podcasts for the past six or so months, I've heard you make a couple comments about men playing video games. I'm not here to argue about this. I'm just here to get your side of the story as someone who currently plays video games when they find themselves having free time, maybe an hour or two on weekends during the summer when I'm not teaching. Do you mean excessive video game playing or do you mean at all? Best. Uh, I don't know the quotes I make, but I probably do it in the form of a character that's like, oh, video games, because I think the stereotype and the ilk of person that tends to do that, you know, a lot of boys like them, but I do think it is one of those things that is done to excess with some people. And that is the thing that's blamed for a lot of young men, like not knowing the difference between reality and like a first person shooter game. So if you want to play a video game, whatever, but I would, it's less about that and more about almost anything that women do is stereotyped. Like, if you've got long nails, like, you must be superficial. Or if you tan, like, you must be, like, a dummy who goes to the beach. Or if you have blonde, I mean, blonde jokes have been around forever. So I think it's less about, I don't aim to hurt anyone, but it's more like everything women do, we get classified as something bad. And so I kind of don't care if it hurts anyone's feelings that I've taken a favorite, like, male pastime and generalized a group because... For the most part, it's not a great look, but if you can function and be normal and you enjoy video games, more power to you. Yeah, it is like a, one of the few kind of male stereotypes. Yeah. Um, so it's you not know, you. And I think you you talk similarly about like sports and stuff. It's not, or like, you know, it's not against, it's just kind of this overall homogenous just like you of it. Girls that are like just like Reddit. Yeah, or just like girls that do like a mindful morning routine. Like your bullshit, that's no. bullshit. Are there people that do it that are cool for sure? Mm-hmm. But you know, stand-up's all about generalizing with specificity. So it's not not all video game players are assholes and not all assholes are video game players, but uh, the stereotypes there for a reason, folks. Do you want to talk about the one series of games you've played? Katamari. <laughs> No, Professor Layton and his little... Oh, yeah. I had an... Is it a Nintendo DS? Yeah, you had a DS. I had it forever ago. And it was like one of those like weirdly anglicized Asian games where like they are Japanese, but they all have round eyes and they're all like in top hats. And (laughs) I played that and I played Monument Valley, I think on my phone. Oh, you were very into that. I feel like before they played it on House of Cards. Wait, and I beat it almost immediately. So that was... You know, uh, so I like puzzle games, but it's not, I'd actually just rather completely fall asleep on a flight or, yeah, you know, best fiends. Do they still sponsor yeah. the podcast? Um, I mean, the crazy thing about video games is I'm playing Far Cry 6 and there's a whole mission where Danny Trejo has to get me to help him set up a Trejo's Tacos in like a third world country. And I'm a gorilla fighter. And I have to fight people off as he like chops up pineapples. And he's like, Trejo's tacos are made with love. And it's like the actual That's logo so from Trejo's tacos. I'm like, how much did he pay for this? And then he's helping me fight and we're both shooting people. Like, where like, are you? This is- I mean, that rent must be so cheap. So it's, um, I don't have anything against video games. I don't really know a ton of people that play them, but it is always given a bat, like a, there's a stigma to it. Like a woman that's like, I need help. And the husband's like, I got to finish my game. Like there is something. And this actually 
extends beyond video game and just people that stare at, like I also have contempt for people that just stare at their phones and I can be one of them. And I have a hefty dose of self-loathing for myself sometimes. I think any strong bond to a machine is gross. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, I've definitely played for many hours and then felt unwell. But, but also, yeah, and that's how I feel about TikTok. Like I'll do it at night and then I wake up and I feel like I ate a bunch of junk food. That being yeah. said, like, that's your thing or if it's a fun game and that's your community or if you live alone, like, look, it's just about generalizations. It's not personal. Um, yeah. And if you and, and if you feel judged, just know that's just a small fraction of what it feels like to be a woman doing anything you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. I am a 31-year-old female married to a 32-year-old male. Older man. Growing up. Mm, cr- cradle robber, other way. Growing up, my grandpa was always kind of a perv. Not to me personally, but he would invite all the 13-year-old neighbors over and watch the Victoria's Secret fashion show together. What? He makes sexualized comments about women occasionally and has two to three casual girlfriends at one time. My grandma passed away 10 years ago. It's always bothered me, but not affected me personally until last week when my whole family got together for family dinner. This is something we do a few times a month with siblings, our own kids, my parents, my grandpa, etc. I wanted to be comfortable after a long day of work, so I changed into biker shorts and an oversized tee before dinner. I chased my daughter around, ate food, saw everyone, and went home. The next day, I was talking with my grandpa on the phone, and he made comments about my amazing figure and how curvy and good I looked last night, obviously referencing my ass and biker shorts. I feel so uncomfortable about it, and when I told my mom that her dad had made these comments, she brushed it off and said something about how men get so dirty at that age. How is this okay? Also, I feel gross about being sexualized at a family dinner by a family member. Am I overreacting? I can't cut my grandpa out of my life without causing major family drama. Thanks. Cut, cut him. The drama is that people know that he's a creep. Cut him out. Is he a creep? Okay, this is a serious question. It's not okay, but is he a creep? Or, you know, like my dad has said to me like, oh, you look great. Oh, you look so toned. Like, and I don't take it. I guess I have nothing else. Like my dad's never done anything like that. So it really is just like as an adult, noticing your hard work in your body. Like, I just, I'm wondering, can you take it with a grain of salt? And if he never did it again, would it be okay? Or are you contextualizing it? And you're like, I, I hate to be like, oh, it's men of that generation. It's not okay. But it's just like, do you want to blow up everything? I don't know. Because I don't know. Are these 13-year-old girls that are watching the Victoria's Secret thing? Because young girls like to look at, at you know, models. Like, But he would, the grandpa would invite the 13-year-old yeah. girls over to watch it with him. Like, it seems like a pattern of behavior. And now it's been turned on her. Yeah. And Here's what you do. Here's what you do. You let it go. And the next time he does it, you look at him and you go, that's gross. He'll be like, what? and he'll be like, what? I'm saying you look good. And you'll be like, I... Don't care. That's gross. You have yeah, to this be really this comes back to the thing I say where if something bothers you, you have to be as comfortable with making that person uncomfortable as they are, as they're as they feel righteous and saying what they're saying. To him, it's something innocent, or he's like looking to do something worse. But there is the version where like it's a generational thing and he doesn't think there's anything wrong with commenting a woman because he'll be like, Why'd you wear those shorts? And it's like, we're related. That's gross. So you have to decide. Do you want to quietly separate yourself and make it even weirder? Or do you let it go and then next time be like, I, you're my grandfather. 
what, don't say anything. Shut your mouth. Yeah, because you're saying, you know, if you cut them out of your life, it causes family drama. I mean, I think that Eliza is so perfect to say, like, you know, make him as uncomfortable as he's making you. Like, if if it's not a big deal, then he won't be that uncomfortable. Because there's you a know? version if where— he gets called out if, and he doesn't mean anything by it, he won't be mad. Yeah, there's the version where you say it and, he go, and he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean it. Yeah. Like, I could if I said to I my dad, it. like, don't don't comment on my body, I could see him being like, I'm, I apologize, you know? So put it to the test. See where he wants to take this, you know? But you have to be willing. It's not fair for you to just suffer quietly. And it's like, why don't you talk to grandpa? And like, he doesn't know. And then, God, what if you said it and it would have been okay and he would have said sorry, so you got to stand up for yourself or just completely let it go. I I hate that he made the comments on the phone later so that, that's there wasn't weird. anyone oh. around. Yeah. He called her the next day and said these things. So it's like, he didn't say it in front of everyone else. I don't like that. But it sounds like, I was talking to my grandpa on the phone. Sounds like that's a pretty regular thing. So I don't know if he's- Has, has he ever done it before <sighs> to you? Like, I'm not saying it's okay, but I also think there are things that might seem okay that aren't aggressive, but they aren't okay now for a certain generation. I'm just asking you to look at the context. Um, before you like go all in. Yeah. I mean, also, I also, let me just put this out there. You had a baby. And so in his world and in a lot of worlds, you know, a woman wants to lose the weight after and maybe you did and maybe it's something you've talked about. And he'll be like, oh, it's just because you had mentioned, you know, if you've never mentioned your body and you've always been thin and it's always, you never talked about it, then it seems apropos of nothing. But yeah. what's going to be awful is if you're like, you dirty old man. And he's like, you were talking about losing weight and talking about this. And I just noticed it's uncomfortable, but there is a slight chance that it isn't as bad as you think. That being said, you got to be willing to go there. Blow it up. I, I will say, I feel like it's so common for grandparents to be like, you're to, to women, like, oh, you're fat. And it's like, they're allowed to comment on your body the other way. Not that either that's is funny. okay, but I just feel like that's such a common like grandma thing to to comment on that. Yeah, but that's... And then grandpa's like getting in on it and it's like, get out of here. Yeah, grandma's like, you could lose 10 pounds. Grandpa's like, you're looking real thick and juicy. Yeah, oh God. All right. It's so horrible. It's awful. Just, yeah. Uh, hello, wait. Just speaking of bodies, I should have made this myself. My dad... And Barbara, my stepmom visited and my dad was like, we were driving through Thai town and he was like, what's Jumbo's clown room? I saw your picture. Oh boy. And so I was like, it's a strip club, but they don't get naked. They don't take off their tops. It's more of like, like Halloween strip club, like performancey art. And so we went, he wanted to go. Barbara came, they got a bunch of ones. We're not the family that does that. Like we don't gamble together. We don't drink. It's not like that. My dad will drink like red wine. We went and I'm not like, I, I really respect the women that work there. Like that is work and they are like performers. It, it's uncomfortable. And there were times I, for me, like this woman's like cheeks are spread open and everything's like wax. And I'm like, I don't want to look at this at the same time as my dad. And I look over at my dad <laughs> and he would just be like singing Stevie Wonder lyrics to himself. Like, <laughs> he's like, this Jefferson Airplane, this is 1970s. This is the Boston album, but the flip side, like washing them, but also... And you know what? In that moment, I have to tell you, because he's my dad and he's a father of four and like a tennis coach, he's not like a creepy guy. The girls are so personable there. So like one girl came over and she was like, thank you. And my dad just went, thank you. 
Which if you <laughs> didn't know him, you'd be like, who's this like dude being like, thank you. But I could see why that would be his answer. Like he's being cute back. Like, yeah, it was so innocent. That being said, like, I don't want to enjoy that type of entertainment with my parents at all. No. Did, did you ever see the movie Bronson with Tom Hardy as that British criminal? No, but I'm going to. I asked because it's him uh, naked, like feels like 50% of it. And I watched it with my parents the other night. It's just be, Tom Hardy's dick. Just be, He's like running around naked. He greases himself up at like three different points to just naked fight people. I will be my dad's renting like, that imminently. <laughs> it's on HBO Max. It's going away August 31st. And my dad's like, I'm just sick of seeing this guy's dick. And I was no like, I, I'm not loving this. I'm not loving us all sitting here watching this. It's tough. It's tough to accept that your parents had sex and made you and are sexual beings. My mom, every time she visits, is like, have you seen Yellowstone? The men are so sexy. And I'm like, I am good. Thank you so much. Thank you. And shut it down. It's just, uh, I barely talk about it with, with my friends. I don't want to talk about it with my parents. Okay. I don't want to get turned on with my dad. There, I said it. Am I, am I the asshole? While looking at a stripper's <laughs> asshole. This is not our thing. Uh, but that being said, it was, it was fine. It was early in the night and I was too tired. I had two glasses of wine and I was very tired. You were over it. It was. We didn't get the A squad, put it that way. <laughs> well, if you just pulled over, it was like, what, the middle of the day? It was like Thursday at like 9.30 and like you could tell it was starting to heat up because like one of the girls, it was like her second dance out and then this time she put on like a hat. Like it was getting better, <laughs> but I was like, I got to get out of here. I don't want to do this. Oh boy. You know, the big one here is uh, Claremont Lounge. Yes. I guess the ladies of Real Housewives went there once and it was quite the experience. Did they jump? I've never been. You know what? Like every Real Housewives MO is like like jumping on a stage, doing a split, showing that they're fertile still at 67. <laughs> Kyle Richards did such a split on a dance floor. She was like, like rubbing on the floor and everyone's like, what are we trying oh to prove? Like you can be a sexy woman, but you don't have like real housewives. It's always like, I'm a business minded, empowered slut at 58. My first marriage didn't work out and we had the kid. And now I'm dating on the beach with my jewelry line. It's always a bad look. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, a few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today.
I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Are you ready for AITA on AIA? Sweat it. Sweat it out. I don't know. I don't know. I'm ready. AITA for kicking my feet up on the table. First time here in the AITA subreddit. And while I think the situation is funny and have no moral dilemma, I need another op- opinion on if I was the A. Context. This employer is a new restaurant that opened too early and was extremely unorganized. Me, being a seasoned restaurant worker, had my own opinions on the business and the way things run, e.g. they had flies flying around open food, they were steaming coffee that was cold and old to warm it up, POS design was very flawed, etc. After two days of me bringing up these issues to them, granted it was my first two days, and me (laughs) recommending solutions to these problems— They told me I would be let go because I had had ideas on how things should be run instead of how they want it run. Completely understandable. Not my circus, not my monkey. I like how he's like, I understand. I'd be annoyed by me too. Yep, I get it. I get that all the time. Told them I'd be in August 12th today to pick up my wages onto the event. So I get to the business around 4.30 and I walk in looking for, I guess I won't say a name, B, the manager of cashiers. I told him I was here for my check and he told me to wait outside. The interaction went something like this. Hey, D, here for your check. Why don't you wait outside? Not. Yep, you're the asshole. Should have waited outside. (laughs) That's cool. I'm not going to be hanging around all day. I'll just take my check and get out of here. Okay, well, can you wait outside? No, I'll wait right here. He then left and while walking away, he goes to say something to another employee. I waited for 10 minutes. I take a seat at the restaurant table. B comes back over. Hey, you can't sit there. Do you have my check so I can leave? Give me 10 minutes and you'll have your check. You can wait outside. Actually, I was already waiting for 10 minutes. I can wait here for another 10. He again walked away. At this point, it is 4.53, and I have gotten so comfortable that my feet were now kicked up on the table. Brian comes, B comes back over. Okay, dude, you're not going to sit here and disrespect our property by kicking your feet on the table. Well, if you have my check in your hand, then hand it to me and I will leave. No, you're not listening. No, you're fucking not listening. I will leave when you have my money. At this point, the big owner is walking over, along with some other guy who actually has my check. He told me to get up. I said, if you have my check, he hands it to me half-folded disrespectfully, and I walk out the door. The one who handed me the check asks, did you really have to act like such a douchebag? And the big boss says, 
You don't know who you're messing with, pal. And then this is the closing line. Peasants dance where kings allow them. So AITA. Okay. It's, 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 a, it's a wonder you were fired. You seem like such a pleasure. <laughs> Do you like how he wrote out all the dialogue, even though it was like the most boring dialogue on the earth? You know He's what? Like, I got to get this down verbatim. You sound like a little bitch and you sound a little too independent minded to work a corporate restaurant job. No one wants your feedback. No one wants any feedback, no matter how right you are. Second day of operating. They know that it's a shithole. 100% you're the asshole. They wanted you to wait outside because the way that you were fired, it was a contentious situation. You did not leave yes. on good terms. They didn't want you there because you're a fucking liability. So yes, you almost never have the right to go into someone else's establishment. It is, so they ask you, what, so you wait 10 minutes or you just wait right there and they were fine with it and then you put your feet up because they should have had your check ready, but it doesn't, you should have yeah. known they wouldn't because it's the kind of place that has like a it's shitty wrong. operating system. Yeah. Yeah, or you have them mail you the check. Like, if you have somewhere to be, like, they I get wouldn't. that sucks that you come in and they're like 10 minutes and then 20 minutes goes by. But can you imagine putting your feet up on a restaurant table? No, this guy sounds like a total tool. And there's a reason no one likes you. There's a reason you were fired. <laughs> but at least he knows. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm kind of hard to work. I'm a piece of shit. But, uh. And then he's he's like, I have no problem with my, with my actions, but am I an asshole? Yep. And the only people yeah. who are going to say no are other assholes. Yeah. Because I mean, you were well, not outcome oriented. You wanted the check and you could have just sat there and been within your right to sit there. There's no reason to wait outside. But chances are you gave people the the upset tummy creeps. You know, it's, <laughs> that was a waste. Waste of my judgment. Wait, do you want Do you want another one? Yeah, all right. Okay. Because everyone agrees with me. AITA for keeping the engagement ring and giving Ooh. up asking to propose after proposal in front of my parents and in-laws. Wait, what happened? I'm in. I'm 25 Me. female. Me. Girlfriend, M, 26 female. Okay. For the last six months, started with a joke that I've already made clear that I don't like. It consists of her saying no quickly I'm to anything I'm already I over ask. this. I'm already over. This is already too convoluted and don't do it. Okay. Okay, this person's girlfriend, every time she asks a question, the girlfriend says no immediately as a joke. So funny. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. That probably never gets old, too. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I know it sounds silly, but I ask her to get a glass of water for me. She says no, and after one minute, I'm almost getting up. She says she's joking and gets some water. Ugh. I ask her to wash dishes. She says no. I say I love you. She says no. I ask her to take her clothes. She says no. Everything is joking, and after 30 seconds to one minute, she does it, but she is, quote, addicted to doing it. Oh, and you want to marry I'm, this person? They have the worst sense of humor. <laughs> Oh. I know. I've already made it clear several times that I don't like it, even more so in I love you. She's the only person I can say that, so it's special to me. And there are things that are serious, and I need her to answer seriously. And if she says no to everything jokingly, I can't tell when she's saying a real no. It's already happened. What? I keep saying this is boring, and I don't like it. She stops doing it and goes back to doing it after a week. Oh my God, how long has this been happening? This is um, This is typical, like— Two young lesbians. I guarantee you the 26-year-old is smoking hot and has like the worst personality. And like she <laughs> thinks this is so funny. Please don't get married just because you're super young, immature girls. Oh my God. 
After a brief discussion, because she played the prank for our friends, me asking, love, can you get me some medicine? And she's saying, no, kidding. She stopped doing it for a month. I mean, it sounds like you're asking her to do a lot of little tasks. Yeah. (laughs) Yesterday, we welcomed my parents, in-laws, and our two best friends to our house. Everyone knew that I was going to propose to her, and I called them because we always plan this proposal with our loved ones attending, participating in this special day. Why do you love this person? I asked asked her to marry me and she said a quick no. And I was so grumpy slash panic slash upset. Everyone looking in shock for 30 seconds for her to laugh and say she was joking, finally saying yes. I was so embarrassed and disappointed, question mark. I put the ring box back in and said I'd take it out to cool off. I didn't even let her say anything. What? Wait. I, I guess I'll go outside. She left. The the proposer left. She kept texting me, not no answering calls, saying it was just a joke and that I knew she always did that. She said that I left a difficult situation in the house because it was very clear that I had given up on proposing yes. in front of my parents and in-laws. She stressed that I was making the situation uncomfortable because of a silly joke. Well, I slept in a hotel and I'm still in it. My parents supported me, but my in-laws called me the asshole for giving up on proposing, disproportionately humiliating their daughter. I just really think there's time for jokes and that moment wasn't it. She knew I didn't like it and decided to do it anyway. A-I-T-A? Nope. And her timing is bad because she could have been like, no, just kidding. Yes, of course. And it would have been like, all right. But moreover, like someone you love does something you hate and you've asked them to stop and they haven't and you still want to marry this person. Yes, you're the fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, the top comment is, why would you sign up for this permanently? Thank you. Because I know why. Because you're a 25-year-old girl and you are probably in your first lesbian relationship and you're falling really hard. And I'm sorry, but like, you're going to learn one way or the other that you don't deserve that. Either you're going to end up with the worst wife ever or you're going to move on. But don't, that person is so immature and they embarrass you first and fuck her and move on and live well, in that hotel. <laughs> They were doing it, and then this girl was doing that annoying joke. Then it would stop for a week, then start again. So this went on for multiple weeks. Compulsive, then yeah. Then she said that she stopped for a month and then started again. That so means, been like you know what months. it's like? The Seinfeld, like, hello. Like, she's choosing the joke over you. You're the asshole yeah. for staying in that relationship. Just be done. It's such a greater indicator of an issue, and it has to do with respect. And it's something yeah. that most young women lack in our country, in our society, in our world, is self-respect. And you got to send her a message. Like the only way for her to win you back is for her to like literally never do it again. And even then, I don't like her already. I don't know if she can. Yeah, and just, oh, to do it in front of everyone. Can you imagine how the heart-sinking feeling of someone saying no to your proposal? It's not a joke. It's also a mean joke. Like it's just mean to fake someone out like that. Like to get a reaction, yeah. be like, just kidding. My brother always does that. He'll like say something and be like, just kidding. And you're like, okay, kidding implies that we're ki- <laughs> like, we're joking. Like it's, yeah. everybody's laughing. Yeah. A joke isn't a joke if it isn't funny. And then it's just me. No. We'll stay with your, we'll stay with your parents. Oh God, that's so awful. Such an immature sense of humor. Ugh, I hate that. Like that is an archetype of like people who negate stuff. No. It's like, oh, cool. Cool sense of humor. I bet yeah, like other people who want to fuck you put up with it, but since I'm stuck fucking you, I don't want to do it. What's the one? What's the one where it's like if you ask, "Can I?" It's like, and then someone replies, "Like I don't, I don't know, know. Can, can you? you?" The worst is when you're telling a story and you're trying to get through the setup, and you're like, 
I was talking to someone once and I was like, okay. And like, da, da, da. And you know, like, you know, Barack Obama. And they were like, no, never heard of him. You're like, are you seriously fucking stopping this train so you can make a horrible <laughs> joke? You fucking amateur. All right, let's get back to the show. Hello, AIA team. I love listening to all your advice on the pod. I know your wisdom is what we all need to hear. Now, my question is, what are y'all's thoughts on getting married, quote, too young and or too soon? Nope, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) My, My boyfriend and I have been together for a little over a year and have discussed getting married within the next year or so on a couple occasions. I, female, am 22 years old and he's 21. Don't do it. That's a bad idea for you. It's not 1952. You have the right to read and have your own credit card. Don't do it. Too young. (laughs) We are both almost finished with undergrad at the same university. Many of our friends are already married or engaged and encourage us to do the same. However, my family and older friends keep advising me to wait a few years, and my parents got married in their mid-30s. Conflicting comments about when I get married has me unsure of whether I truly am ready to get married in another year or so, or if I'm just being impatient or naive. Yep. I greatly, greatly appreciate y'all's unbiased opinion slash advice. Thank you, you beautiful lady. All right. Well, Miss Ma'am, you are obviously from the South. And that's yep. great that your friends will have a head start on their first divorce. Um, people get married young. Sometimes it works. I don't know what your plans are. If you want to be a mom and you're like, that's what I want for myself, you know, then, you know, start whenever. That being like, it's not like, it's not like, oh, if you plan on doing nothing else, but I understand the argument for having kids earlier. If that's what you want and you don't want to, um, I guess, have like a job outside of the home. I just think if you love this person and you're 21 or 22, it's okay to wait another year to see how you function in the real world with a real job, with a real apartment, with all of like the big girl furniture because things change. And this isn't about like, oh, you'll be, you're going to be a different person no matter who you are, no matter when you get married in a couple of years. And I just think you want to road test that relationship. So stay together, move in together. You know, sometimes you find the one, but there's no rush given how young you are. And I know young girls hate, like, I don't want to be told I'm young. Well, don't worry. It won't happen for that long. (laughs) Soon it'll be your old. What happened? Well, and isn't your brain not fully formed till like 26? Something like that. Yeah, it just, what's the concern? Like, why get married now? I, I, going to a big Southern college and being in PR with all the sorority girls, they all got married so early. Just every, every gorgeous girl on campus married a guy with like a beer belly who played golf on the weekends at 20. And I was like, what does that like turn out like for you? What's happening here? Yeah, you're going to get all this hate mailing. I married my sweetie. I was nine. Like, great. There's no, if you know this is the one, then you're together anyway. There's no harm waiting. Well, and if you're listening, if you're saying like you're getting all these opinions from different people, you know, who are you going to trust? The people that got married later and have been married longer or the people that just got married and are like, you get married too so that we're all the same? Yeah, that's weird. Um, It sounds very Southern. So we can all like, yeah, do crowdsourcing for a divorce attorney. Just road (laughs) test it, give it a beat. If you're in love, then you can still be in love. It doesn't really change it. And, And then you have even more time to plan it. Weddings are expensive. Get that first job. Get that first apartment. Give yourself that grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I say. Brooke says, 
Hey, Eliza. I'm hoping to gain your perspective on planning a wedding. Shocking, I know. Okay, long story boring. We're from the South. We got married. I'm 21. <laughs> I'm, new- I'm newly engaged. My fiance and I really want to have the wedding on our property. Mm, excuse me. We live on a mountain in British Columbia, and it's absolutely incredible. The problem is my family is in Ontario. His is in Nova Scotia. For those Indiana. of you that need to know, British Columbia is on the west side of Canada and those things, Nova Scotia is on the east coast and Ontario is on the eastern side. So, so that's like New York a to LA. seven, eight hour flight, right? Yeah. Maybe six, but yeah. <laughs> that's such an annoying thing. It's more like, that's such a guy thing. You're like seven, well, six and a half. <laughs> I'll put you in your place. It's, All right. Probably like four and a half. It's across the I country. Really it's really shot. Yep. I hate the idea of making everyone travel for our wedding, but no matter where we do it, some family will have to travel regardless. Is it unfair to ask people to pay for a flight and accommodations for our wedding? Staying with us isn't an option as we have a two-bedroom house, one bathroom, and we'll have a seven-month-old when we plan on having the wedding. Is there a fair way to compromise without inconveniencing our families, or do we just plan it and whoever wants to and is able to will come? That's exactly Side note, I absolutely love the dynamic you normally have. Love the podcast and all your Netflix specials. See you in Vancouver. Thanks so much. I'm not crazy about it. No. Is uh, this the most thoughtful wedding thrower where yeah. she's like, she, I don't want to make people travel. It's because she's Canadian. Yeah. That's why they're like, what? I don't want to inconvenience her guests. Um, You know what? You know how you make it up to them with like a wonderful wedding, great food, nice party favor. Like they're welcome. This is your mm-hmm. wedding. This is, you have it where it's meaningful to you. Those who love you will make it. You don't want to have it in like Saskatchewan because it's the middle of the country and you don't know anyone. So this is what weddings are. Feel free to come, feel free to not. The bottom line is you invited them and they'll still give you a gift. Don't worry about it. And you have a seven-month-old. Like, do it. There's such a good reason yes. to do it at your house right there. I mean, you'll you'll it, it will be seven months at the time of the wedding. Like, they can come, they can see the baby, maybe. They can, you know, it's, it's, it's all your family members will want to come. Everybody's gonna go. That's what weddings are for. It'd be one thing if like your whole family and all your friends lived in Nova Scotia and you two were out there by yourselves, but you have the property. Try to make it worth their while. You know, a welcome mm-hmm. dinner is always really nice. Maybe catered on your property. Just something to say thanks for making the schlep. Mm-hmm. So, that's all. Yeah, but you're very thoughtful. No, actually, I don't even thoughtful as much as like, that's normal. That's a normal amount of thought. Most people are just, just like, good nobody, luck. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You'll eat what exactly. we give you and you can sleep in the barn and you can't watch the service. You can only watch it with your eyes or ears. You have to pick one. <laughs> you watch it, you can't hear Anon- it. Okay, fine. Go ahead. Sorry. Anonymous. Hello, Eliza. Emily, Tofu, Gracie, Smoky, Husky, Hot Scotty, and of course, Sweet Sierra May. Longtime listener and fan. Love meeting you at your London show back in 2015. Watch all your specials. Enjoy cackling away to your answers on this podcast during my drive to work. I'm a 30-year-old gay male in the UK. Yes. I don't know if I want to go to a friend's wedding. There you go. Context. This friend, Colin Mark, and I have been friends since 2012. We met in our LGBT society and instantly got on really well. Throughout uni and for a few years after graduation, we slept together several times as an on-off, friends with benefits kind of thing. We've not once contemplated being a couple as it's just always been a nice added benefit to our friendship when it happens, but with no worries or fears of what is this or what does it mean? We get on really well, but there's literally never been a romantic element. Okay, we get it. You keep saying it. We get it. Yeah, right. (laughs) The lady doth. In the last year or so, since I ended a six-year relationship and called off my wedding, 
Mark and I have hooked up several times, both sober and drunk, and even had two threesomes with another friend of mine, Aaron. Jesus, good for you. Where it gets complicated is that Mark has been with his partner, Eric, for five years, and they are getting married next year. Does Eric know about all the fucking around? (laughs) Mark and Eric have had an open relationship from the very beginning, and Eric is aware that I've slept with Mark more times than we can count. I've never really spoken to the fiance more than some small talk as we've bumped into each other in the city or pleasantries and greetings at the occasional house party. I know that Mark and I stick to all the agreements of his open relationship and nothing is being kept secret, but I can't help feel a bit awkward about it. Yeah, I've been invited to their wedding in May, 2023, and they've even given me a plus one and suggested I bring Aaron. Why don't you bring Mark? <laughs> Who's <laughs> Mark's getting married? I know. <laughs> oh, I'm worried that it's going to be a level of cringe that even I can't handle, knowing that I've bedded the groom and discussed his wedding plans immediately after. Should I suck it up and go? Should I bring Aaron as my plus one, or should I give an excuse and send a nice gift? Much love and thanks for your wisdom. Can't wait to see you, please, when you come back to the UK. Aim for some northern cities, please. It's it's on the list. Um, <laughs> we like to do a UK. We like to do like a Manchester, Birmingham, like UK. Like United Kingdom proper, not just London. You know, it's hard for me to answer that because that would be making it as if I understood the arrangement you had in the first place, which is hyper-specific to homosexual, like male homosexual relationships. Because you hear this a lot, like, oh, we're open. Like, this is just dudes having sex. And you see this arrangement more than you do with heterosexual couples. Or I don't know if it's more... I, I just know that I've never had an arrangement like that. And so I guess I don't understand that. I don't understand how you could do that. No one would get jealous or anything. I wonder if part of you does like him and that's actually, no, you're, you're. I don't. Okay, okay, think, okay, okay. I think he's being honest, but I think it it's is weird. even because it's not your relationship with this other man. So I see how like, yeah. even though this other man's, says he's cool with it, it does feel weird to like look him in the eye and yes. be like, I have so much sex with your fiance. I like have there's just something. Dumped out a hot load in your fiance. Oh, that is what it is. And honestly, I think deep, deep down, I think you weirdly don't really have respect for that new, for the husband. That's what I think. I think it's hard because you don't have a relationship. It's not like you guys have a threesome or you've had foursomes before or you're friends with that one. Like you don't have a connection to the other one. So I think there's actually deep down, and I think this transcends homosexuality and heterosexuality, a little bit of a lack of respect for this new partner. And part of that is that you don't have that relationship. And I don't think you even want one. I think you and Mark have this thing Maybe you deep down liked each other or you do, or let's say it is, I, you rarely hear about people and maybe it's just like a gay thing that like hook up for that long in and out of relationships without having something. But let's say that's what you can do. I think this comes down to a fundamental um, lack of respect for the partner and therefore the union. And you don't want to bear witness to something that you've already sort of desecrated. So I think you're within your rights to be like, you know, I think we've had our time and place, but it just feels off. And I think you can be super open with Mark about that. And I bet you he'll understand. It's weird if Mark's new husband's like, no, we want you there. (laughs) We want you to think. I think there's, there's two elements here in one. You say respect. I think it is like, 
you have to take it at face value that Mark's fiance is totally fine with this. Like, well, let's say he is. You need to respect that he's, yeah. So, hey, hey, the wedding attender, you know. Quit squeezing that frog. If you want to keep a relationship with Mark, like a friendship with Mark, you guys are close and have known Talk each other for a long time. You have to defer to him. Like, he's saying it's fine. He's saying that his future husband is fine with it. I mean, is is it almost condescending that you don't yeah. think that he's fine with it? No, that no. you think it's going to be weird for him? You, There's something not being said here. I'm not saying you love Mark. I'm not saying Mark. I'm not saying something. I just think you're not getting to the bottom of what this is. And I think you need to get in touch with that first before you can make your informed decision. Something and and you're not wrong. It it shouldn't sit right with you. It is a little weird. It's not like you guys all had sex at Burning Man and you're all cool now. But not having a connection with Mark's husband, soon to be husband, is what makes this a little difficult. You don't really know that person. There is a version where he doesn't know you've had sex with Mark and Mark lied. But let's say, hey, I'm just saying you're missing an element, and I can't tell you what it is. But I do think you and Mark should be close enough that you could talk to him about this. Yeah, I think you should say to him, hey, I feel like it's going to be weird. This this is what about it makes me feel like it's just uncomfortable to sit there, there after like and see if Mark is like, you know what? Yeah, or like, absolutely not. You're important to me. It, it is that thing, homosexual or heterosexual, where when you're really close with someone, like I've had a handful of like guy friends where like we're really close, never had sex or anything, but like we have a bond. And then they just pick some girl And like, now I'm like friends with the guy and like, it's not that I don't respect the girl, but I'm like, you're just a generic girl that like he picked his head up at 36 and was like her. And you're just Mm. like, I don't really care if I ever see her again, you know? So you might be suffering from a little bit of that here. You're like, I just don't know you and you're kind of not around as much and might just be you and Mark have your own thing. So you need to get in touch with what it is that's really bothering you. Like, what's the note behind the note? And then talk to Mark. <laughs> the note behind the note, you know. Do you want to explain what that means? The note behind the note is when you like give an outline or something or a script and an executive gives you a bunch of weird notes and then they're like, you know, this character, this female character, she just seems um, like maybe she's too strong. And it's like, what's the note behind the note? Oh, the note is she's coming off like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. The note is you made her single at 38. Now she's a bitch. <laughs> You made her, you gave her a job at 38. So she's too strong and men don't find that fuckable. Uh, that's the uh-huh. note behind the note. It's it's like, what are we really saying here? Oh, they seem yeah. nice. What's the note behind the note? Well, they seem terrible. Take it. Oh okay, fine. This is a talk with a cob. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. My uh, bottom of the cob is... I was talking to my friend Jody Miller, very funny comic, and she was saying this, and I don't disagree. She's like, like the internet learns words, and then you have to hear them all the time. And her example was gaslit. Like everything's gaslit. It's like, look, it was a movie, uh, like sixty years ago. Like it's a term that we've been using. That's cool. That like you just came upon it, but they're not gaslighting you. You just figured it out. <laughs> yeah. I also put up their cringe. And the one that bothers me is gatekeep. Like she's not gatekeeping her skincare secrets. She goes to see a plastic surgeon. It's not gatekeeping. She just doesn't talk about that. Or it's not gatekeeping. Uh, I use Cetaphil. I think gatekeeping, there's an inextricable tie between gatekeeping and vilifying women. 
women do share information. I understand if you don't want to like give a part, like a promoter's number or like some celebrity, but like it's not gatekeeping because they didn't vomit out their information that you shouldn't have been privy to or you weren't entitled to. It just feels inherently anti-female. She's not a gatekeeper. Mm. She just knew something that you just learned to ask. (laughs) Mm. My bottom is, um, I got a letter in the mail that's like, you don't have hazard insurance. We're your loan people. And guess what, you idiot? You didn't transfer your insurance over to us. So I'm like scrambling at my insurance paperwork and I'm like looking and there's no word that says hazard on there. And I'm like, is it all hazard? What's happening? I have to call someone tomorrow. And I'm just like, how can they? And the letter they sent was so rude. It's like, we see that your hazard insurance stopped on June 8th. Could be a scam. It could didn't be a scam. stop. No, this is from my, okay. my bank. They're like, it stopped on this date, which is like, no, that's the date that you bought my loan. It clearly didn't stop that date. Like something went awry. And, like, and guess what? If you don't get us really quickly proof that you have it, we're going to buy some for you. And it's going to be $4,000. And if you got it yourself, it would be cheaper, but we're going to buy it really soon. So you better show us proof. And I'm like, What? <laughs> Get away. This is not how humans are meant to live. You're meant to be naked with cats on a beach eating fruit. It's so, I'm just like, I pay, I thought I paid an escrow so that they handled the insurance for me. But it turns out maybe my insurance didn't transfer to the new person because three different people have bought my loan since I first got my loan. So the first people I did my loan with aren't even the people anymore. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to Geico. Geico's home insurance is through Liberty Mutual. I don't want to talk to Liberty Mutual. I don't want to talk to Truist. I don't want to talk to Freddie Mac. I don't want to talk to... I don't want to talk to any of them. I don't want to call and be like, please explain no. to me where they won't know insurance. And they'll just put you no, on hold they're gonna and be hang like, up on you. I don't you. know. Yeah, you can't. And I need like four proofs. They're like, send a declaration, send a certificate of insurance, send the policy and send someone's name and number that we can contact. And I'm like, they're not going to give me their name and number. I'm going to have to give you like Geico at Geico.com. Not only that, even if you give it to them, they're going to be like, we never got this. Like, you're so fucked. You can't call that Limu Emu. Here's what you do. is You call the company asking for it. You'd be like, I need a caseworker and I need someone to talk to. And I need you guys to chill the fuck out. And I need names and numbers. I'm putting you on the spot. I'm, the whole system is out of order. I'm putting you all on trial. It's just so crazy getting an email uh, of paper mail August 15th that says, uh, this stopped 6-8. What did you do? And I'm like, that was two months ago. What did you do? You got to call someone and be like, this is unjust. I have a lawyer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I mean, Pigeon. I just got the mail and I'm like, ugh. Welcome. Everything's closed. Yeah, welcome to home ownership. It does not, it only gets worse. So I would buy a big tub of lube and I would just keep it nearby. <laughs> uh, my top of the cob is I'm really enjoying sort of upending all the quiet things that I thought I would be as a mother. Like I was never like, and I'll never do this. I'm all as mothers are bad. It, you were very careful not to. Yeah. Because you don't know till you go. But, you know, it's like, you're like, when my kid is born, we're going to read every day. And it's like, you know what? I have not done that. I tried and she tried to eat the book. And I just don't know that it's like really working at this time. And so I really enjoy, I'm quietly enjoying all the things where you become the thing you said you never would. And then you see why moms are like this, or you see why parents, you know, I understand why a parent would just stick their kid in front of the TV. It's tiring. I don't let Sierra watch TV. We don't let her look at screens, but I understand why one would. You're like, I need a fucking break. And I just really enjoy the sort of evolution of acceptance and understanding 
And it just prepares me even more because there's going to be so many things like that and so much judgment. And I enjoy being shown why people are the thing that they are. Like I enjoy, I enjoy those lessons. I enjoy seeing like, yeah, you thought you were going to do this. You, oh, we're going to be teaching her Spanish and Chinese. Nope. You're going to be begging her to say dada. And when she's, when she's at you, you'll be like, okay, that's good. You just (laughs) don't know what kind of kid you're going to. So I just, uh, I enjoy those little humbling moments. That's all. Yeah. What's your tip at the kip? My top is I, so for my home theater slash just my living room that was a garage, I bought uh, actual sound equipment. So I have left, right, center subwoofer. I don't feel like I can tell what a subwoofer does, but it's there. And so I invited my parents over to watch a movie Friday night. My my only friends, my parents. Uh, and we watched a movie and my dad like leans over and he goes, this sound system's pretty cool, kid. And I was like, good, thank you. I was like so justified in that moment and spending the last few dollars I had. I'm so house poor and I bought this and I don't need it, obviously, but I bought it. And I was like, oh good, my dad thinks it's cool. Too bad my whole house is going to get hazard repossessed. You're like, I bought three (laughs) subwoofers. Each of us sat on one and we watched the whole opening to Howard Stern's private parts. All right, it's an elder millennial joke. Folks, You're hearing this. That means you're seeing me this weekend in New Jersey. I'm playing Newark and then playing the Borgata in Atlantic City, two different parts of the the state, two different shows. And of course, tickets are at Eliza.com if you are listening to this show in Mexico City. The tickets are on sale. There is something wrong with the promoter and their ticketing link. The show is very much still on sale. That is not my fault. And um, (laughs) we're doing the best we can. We'll see you at a show live. Emily, do you want to promote your crowdsource, your crowdfund for your hazard insurance? <laughs> Help me. I don't know how it works. Somebody, somebody reach out. Folks, we're gearing up for some big announcements coming up. I'm very excited. I get to announce the release date of the special soon. Uh, and of course, my book is out October 11th. So please pre-order because those things count. Uh, all things yeah. aside. And I'm doing the audiobook as we speak. Bye. Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag. Ah, it's nice to dream about cheese for a bit. Tillamook cheddar, extraordinary dairy. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, They'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.